You are listening to Parenting Through the Detour podcast. This is episode eight, Why You Feel Like a Failure. When you have a child that leaves the LDS church, you're taking a parenting detour. Have you ended up in a place you never thought you would be? When life takes you on a different path and it seems like everything has gone wrong, it's your opportunity to learn to show up differently and to learn to love in a whole new way. No matter why your child has left the church, you're in the right place to learn how to parent through the detour with me, LDS Life Coach Tina Gosney. Buckle up, let's go on this ride together. Welcome back to Parenting Through the Detour podcast. I'm Tina Gosney. I'm your host. If you are returning, welcome back. If you're the, a first-time listener, then welcome to this podcast. I have had, I got to tell you, I have had a great month in this last month, and mostly because I became a grandmother for the first time. My beautiful daughter had a beautiful baby. He's about a month old now. He is so, so cute and precious, and we love him to death already. Actually, we loved him before he ever came. And it's so, isn't it so great to look into a brand newborn baby's face and just see all the possibilities that are before them. Don't you just look in their face and just wonder, like, what is in, what's in store for you in life? What is your life going to be like? And then I also think, you know, I look at him and I think, he's coming straight from heaven. Where You were just with Heavenly Father. You were so close to the veil. Even now, he's so close to the veil, coming straight from heaven. And, you know, they get these looks on their faces every once in a while, and you just think, Man, are they still talking to their friends and family on the other side? So precious to watch these new babies and to hold them in your arms. And I know as I did that as a brand new parent, I would, so many years ago when my kids were babies, I would look at them and I would just think, this is what your life is going to be like. And I would go through all the things that I thought they were going to do in their life and this is the thing, these are the things that you're going to do. And these are the things that you're going to like. And I even had pictures in my mind of what they would look like and the direction that their life would go. And I just kind of had it all planned out, almost like I had written a book for them <laughs> that they were going to follow in their life. We write these stories for our life and our child as a main character, but we think at the time that we're writing the story for their life and that they're going to follow that storyline that we have created for them. And it's kind of a a humbling reality when you realize that you don't get to control the story. When your child isn't following the storyline that you created for them when they were babies, how dare they not follow my storyline, right? The truth is your brain loves to protect its favorite view of the world your life, and the people in your life. And this is what our brain does. It creates a story about this is the way that my life should go. This is the way that people in my life should behave. These are the things that should happen to me in my life. And we believe that that is the way our life should go. And when our reality doesn't match up with our brain's view of how things should go, It tells us that we need to get everything and everyone back in line with our story. And our child is one of those people in your story. 
one of those people that you think, no, they need to do things this way because this is the way things are supposed to go. But like I said before, your child has their own story for their own life. And it doesn't match up with yours. It never does. Your story doesn't match anyone else's story on the entire earth. And it doesn't match up. And we try all these things to get these people in our life back in line with our story. But sometimes no matter what you do, you can't get it to match. So how are you feeling when that happens? Do you feel frustrated? Do you feel disappointed? Do you feel like a failure? I talk to people, LDS parents all the time, who've had a child that has left the church. And I will tell you that those are the three main things that they talk about. They're frustrated, they're disappointed, and they feel like a failure. And we get tangled up in our relationships with other people, especially our family members. We get tangled up in relationships with our spouse, with our parents and siblings and our children, and we don't know where we end and where they begin. It's like a big ball of tangled up yarn. Think of, you know, a big knot that you've had, a big ball of yarn with more than one color all tangled up together. Let's say it's just you and your child today. So let's get two colors of yarn in this big knot tangled up ball of yarn. Now, in order to find out where you are in all of this, you have to unravel it. You have to unravel and separate both of those colors out. And this is my responsibility and this is your responsibility. And that's called the unraveling process or the untangling process. And we begin to separate out what's ours and what's theirs. But so often as parents, we just want to take all those things that belong to our kids and we want to make them ours. We want to take responsibility for them. We want to take the blame for them. We just don't know where we end and they begin because we haven't been shown this or introduced to this concept, but we need to untangle because this is what happens if you don't untangle that ball of yarn. You're going to think their failures are your failures. You're going to think their successes are your successes. You're going to think their choices directly reflect on you as a parent And you might say, well, their choices do reflect on me as a parent. And I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm going to say, maybe they don't. But whether you believe that or not, if you're tangled up with your child in this big ball and knotted ball ball of yarn, you are measuring your success as a parent by what your children are or are not doing. And that's a problem. Because they have their agency. You don't have control over their choices. They are on this earth to make choices, and so are you. That's why each of us are on this earth. Now, when they were young, you had the illusion that you had control, right? I can always tell when I'm talking to a mother or a father who still holds the illusion that they can control their child, because I hear things like, well, I'd never let my kid get away with that, or he can't do that to me, or my favorite one. In our family, we don't act like that. And here's another one that we fall into is, I need to stop him from ruining his life. That's a big one. We don't want our kids 
to make choices that we feel will ruin their lives. And we feel like we need to step in and take control. But as your child uses their agency in a way that you don't like, we use it to beat ourselves up. We don't need to let their mistakes say something bad about us. We have to untangle that ball of yarn, untangle that relationship. And when you begin to untangle that, their choices, all they do is give you information about where they are in their development. The way you react to them gives you information about where you are in your development. Because everything in your life that you've been given is to help you to learn to grow. You are here to learn through these experiences that you are having with this child. But you can't really learn from them until you untangle that relationship. You're always going to be feeling like you have failed and be counting on them to do a certain thing to make you feel okay. You won't know what is your responsibility and what's not. Because when you're all tangled up in this relationship, you leave how you are feeling about yourself to something that is completely out of your control. So you let your child define for you whether you are being a good parent. And you let other people and their comments to you define for you whether you are are being a good parent. You let society and its expectations and norms define for you whether you are a good parent. And when you leave those definitions up to something outside of yourself, you will try to control your child because it's the only way that you can feel better. Your child has to change so that you can feel better. And you will try to manipulate things and you will try to manipulate them to be what you want them to be so that you can feel good about yourself. So that this this idea of who you are, the story that you've told yourself about who you are, doesn't have to be challenged. And I will tell you, when you challenge that story about who you are, that is one of the hardest things you will ever do in your life. Now, when I was tangled up in my ch- with my children in this big knotted ball of yarn, just about everything that I was doing was out of control and manipulation. But I would not have told you that at the time. I, from the inside, could not see that that's what I was doing. I would have told you that I was just doing things out of love and concern for them. I didn't want them to ruin their lives. And I did not understand that it was mostly me trying so hard to not feel like a failure. And as I look back at it now, I was not being loving to them. Because love does not control and manipulate someone. And love does not force someone else to do something against their will. And yes, I wanted certain things for them. I wanted their lives to go a certain way because I knew that they would avoid certain pitfalls in their life. And I knew that they would avoid certain hardships that I did not want them to have to go through. But that's not what they wanted for themselves. And they get to choose for themselves. And they get to learn from their choices And I get to learn from my choices. And I will always be there for my kids to help them through their hard parts of their life. So you want to untangle because you want to be the one in charge of your emotions. This is called moving into emotional adulthood. 
But most people are not emotional adults. In fact, most people are emotional adolescents at least 90% of the time because they think that other people and other things have the power to control their emotions. Adolescents don't see themselves as taking responsibility. Adults take responsibility for themselves. So do you take responsibility for your own emotions? Because no one else has the power to control those. Only you do. But when you're tangled, you think, if this kid would just change the way they act and do the things that I want them to do, then I'm going to feel better. Like, I wouldn't have to do this if they would just get with the program, if they would just make these choices. But the truth is, they don't have control of your emotions. You just think that they do. Because we live in a world that tells us that other people can make you feel something. And you've heard this from the time you were a small child. Think about if you ever heard your mother say something like, Oh, you'll make me so happy if you eat your vegetables. Did she hurt your feelings? Apologize to your brother right now for making him feel bad. Did you ever hear things like that as a child? Did you ever say things like that to your children? We all have because we didn't know better, and most adults do not know better. So it is not your fault if you believe that other people can control your feelings. In fact, it makes perfect sense that you believe that other people, including your children, can make you feel like a failure or a successful parent. It makes perfect sense that you would think that those are the ideas that society feeds us all over the place, that we don't have control. Other things have control of our emotions. But when you give someone else the power to control your feelings, you become like an emotional child or an adolescent, and you have no control, and you have no responsibility. So when you untangle what belongs to me, what belongs to you, you become an adult. You take responsibility for yourself, and you don't hand that responsibility over to someone else. And think about it. If you have more than one child and one child does everything you think they should be doing and the other one does nothing you think they should be doing, how do you define success then? That is really confusing. If it's totally up to the child to determine success for you by what they're doing and you look at one and you feel like a failure and you look at the other and you feel like a success, it's always a moving target. Which one are you looking at in the moment to to determine how you feel? You don't want to play that mind game with yourself. You don't want to have your feelings be a moving target and out of your control. So first thing I want you to do is take a deep breath and relax. Because your mind just spins in feelings of failure. And it blocks you to being able to come up with a solution Because when you feel like a failure, it's like a stop sign in your brain. You literally get blocked and you don't know what to do. And you start thinking things like, I should have done it better. I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And then you start feeling like a failure. And you get really sad. And what happens when you feel like a failure and you're sad because of things that you think you should have done differently? What happens is that you don't usually don't do anything because you're so sad. Or you manipulate your child and that leads to more problems and you repeat that cycle 
over and over and over again. But you are the one who hurts your feelings by the way that you are thinking. And your thinking is optional. I know it doesn't feel like it. It feels automatic because you're so practiced at the way you think. You think that there's no other way to think. But we all think differently. None of us think about things in exactly the same way. We all think different thoughts, so it can't be automatic. It's just the way that our brain has practiced thinking. So if you choose to think, I'm such a failure, which was a really practiced way of thinking for me. And when I thought that way, and I felt like a failure, and I told myself I was a failure, I withdrew into myself. And I had this feeling of deep shame that something was wrong with me. And I went into a deep depression that took me over three years to come out of. That was a hard-fought three years. And it's common when you think that you're a failure that you're going to feel shame. So what do your thoughts create for you? What are you thinking that is leading you to feel like you have failed? What are you thinking that's causing you to feel failure or shame? You probably don't even know what you're thinking because it's hard to find those thoughts for yourself. It's like trying to read a label from inside the jar. It takes a really long time. You remember I just told you that it took me three years to come out of this on my own. But a life coach can point out your thoughts and help you move through this process in weeks or months instead of years. And I spun around in those feelings of failure and shame for years. And it wasn't until I found coaching, until I hired a coach, that it was then I started to see them for what they were. And they were just thoughts. They weren't true. And I started to untangle this relationship that I had with my kids and how I was so entangled in that. So if you think that you want to up-level this in yourself, you can contact me, info at tinagosny.com. I will help you move through this process for yourself. One other thing that you can do, which is so beneficial also, is to do some journaling. And this is good to do on a daily basis. Just take five to 10 minutes and let yourself free write with no editing and no judgment. Just let yourself free write whatever wants to come out on the paper. This initiates your subconscious mind. And so many of our thoughts exist right there in our subconscious mind. And when you put down them down on paper, you get to see what was hiding there. It gives you great information about what you are thinking. So after you have let yourself free write for a few minutes, ask yourself some questions. Only you know the questions that you need. But here are some examples. What am I afraid of? How have I failed? What in my life would be different if I were going to feel successful? And why? Who do I want to be in this situation? What does it mean to take responsibility for my own emotions? What does that look like in my life? And the last one, what do I expect my child to do and why? Now, these are some great places to start. You probably 
can come up with some better questions for you because you're the only one who truly knows what you are going through. You are the expert in your own life. And you can define success for yourself. So my husband had an instance last year with one of my children, one of our children. He saw her in a parking lot um, unexpectedly, and he just thought, I'm going to call her and see what she's doing. And guess what she did when he, she said, hey, Dad, what do you need? And he said, oh, I just saw you pull into the parking lot, just calling to check on you. Well, she hung up on him. And he called me immediately, and he was so upset. And he said, I am so tired of this. I'm so tired of trying and trying and trying, and I get nothing back. And I said, well, why do you keep trying then? And he said, because I love her, and I want to be a good dad. So I took this opportunity to teach him something. And I said, you know, you can love her, you can be a good dad, and she can still hang up on you. When you stop being a good dad is when you stop being the person that you want to be because you think she has to react to you in a certain way. You can love her and you can be the dad you want to be no matter what she does. And that was really eye-opening to him because he thought the only way that he could love her is if she let him love her and she returned that love to him. He thought she had to welcome him in her life for him to be a good dad. But none of those things were true. Because being a good dad only depends on how he acted towards her, not how she acted towards him. So I had to make a list of what it meant to to him to be a good dad. So I'm going to tell you the same thing. How do you start untangling the relationship that you have with your kids so that you can move into that emotional adulthood instead of emotional childhood or adolescence. I want you to make a list. What kind of parent do you want to be? To do that, it's helpful to think of 10 years down the road after you're all grown up and you are exactly the mother or father that you want to be. Or it's also helpful to look at someone who you really admire, who you really, who's exactly how you want to be. Find a good role model and answer these questions about that person. So make that list. As you're making this list, I want you to think about things like, what are the things that you do? How do you respond to your child? What types of things do you spend your time doing? How do you feel about yourself, your marriage, your role as a parent? What type of thoughts do you have? And remember, you're all doing this in your future self. What do you spend your time thinking about? What does that person do when things don't go the way that that she wants them to? And what does that person do to solve problems? So make a list of that parent that you want to be, the things that are in your control. And the things that you have control over are yourself. You don't have control over what your child does. You don't have control over their choices. But you do have control over yourself. And you can be that person no matter what is happening. You decide who you are going to be. And sometimes who that person is going to be is going to have to go through some very difficult circumstances, some truly heartbreaking circumstances. But in those moments, who do you want to be? 
because that is what is in your control. And I want you to keep this list handy and I want you to look at it often. In fact, if you looked at it every day, that's not too much. Because the more you begin to identify with this person, the more you will become that person. You're going to practice thinking like that person, responding like that person, feeling that way, saying the things that they would say, and doing the things that they would do. You're like an actor practicing for a part. And you have to practice being this person in order for it to feel comfortable in your own body being that person. So this is what my list looks like. I'm a mother who shows love to her children no matter what, and I look for opportunities to connect with them. I'm a person who is strong, resilient, kind, and confident. I show respect to them and to their father. I'm a person that takes care of herself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'm a person who sets an example, a good example of being a disciple of Christ. So what are you going to put on your list? What is important to you in 10 years? Who do you want to be in 10 years? And if you're going to look at it every day, it's not going to take you 10 years to become that person. I promise you're going to become that person before you know it. The more you practice, the sooner you will become that person. Okay, thank you for being here with me today. I'd love to see your list. If you want to send it to me, email it to info at And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends or family who might benefit from the message that I'm sharing. Thanks for listening to Parenting Through the Detour podcast. I'm your host, Tina Gosney. If you want to learn more about my work, please visit me at tinagosney.com. That's T-I-N-A-G-O-S-N-E-Y.com. And don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast. I'll see you next week.